Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and even more so for Bruce, like we talked about, it was, he, he, Bruce knew his team better than anybody. Like you, you watch the team, you know, despite where they are in the standings and despite they went a couple of rounds, Bruce knew like we're pretty bare in the cupboard after that top line. Now it's not, that's not the case anymore. Like they, you know, they, that's not, that's not true this season, but for Bruce more so than Jim, it's like, he really had to stick up on those guys. Um, and, you know, I actually forgot about the Taylor Hall injury in preseason that you brought up. I, uh, that's true too. And I, I do remember him saying, I, he when the year started, I think it's fair to assume he he wasn't one hundred percent. And you know they played sixteen games now in whatever it's been like a just over a month. So I mean they played a lot of hockey. So whatever he he you know um, aggravated in that in that preseason game looked like an like an uh, abdominal injury or you know middle body whatever. Um, I'm sure it hasn't had a full chance to recover. So that, that could explain it too, Scott. You're right. And yeah, Krejci obviously got dinged up a little bit too. Um, but with all that said, we're talking about a team that is 14-2, and 9-0-0 uh, at home. I think that's the best start in franchise history on home, yeah. right? They have the highest goals for per game. They have the lowest goals against per game. Um, so, you know. It, <laughs> no, number one on the penalty kill. They're up to number seven on the power play. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's just like, and obviously they've been they've been tested with uh, their depth has been tested with injuries and stuff. And uh, Thomas Nosek scoring tonight, as you as you mentioned and others mentioned, he's become became the the twentieth individual goal scorer for the Bruins this year through sixteen games. So I mean, you, they're getting it from everywhere, and it's not like you know, and, and of those twenty goal scorers, I bet you, I bet you at least I bet you fifteen of them have multiple goals. You know, so it's like it's. It's, it's 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 really encouraging to see so it's really difficult to try to find something to criticize this team for right now at least the on ice product um but we definitely know from watching the, these guys for a long long enough time we, we we despite their success we can see that creature is not where he could be and we we're seeing that taylor hall is not where he could be so it was just worth bringing up those points um let's keep it to the forwards real quick again uh, i did just mention thomas nosek got the empty netter um, your, just your thoughts, Scott, on that that weight lifted off his shoulders. I know it's an empty netter, but um, he's had a couple of posts and near falls that uh, with a goalie in that this year that could have gone in, and he may have had a goal taken. Did he have a goal taken back at one point this year? That looks like I forget, but either way, good for him to get the goal. I'm sure that um, it, it's one of those goals where yeah, it's an empty netter, but it it takes the weight off his shoulders and I wouldn't be surprised to see Thomas Nosek get a couple of garbage goals in the next few weeks. Like it just, that's how hockey works. Look, look at Nick Foligno when he started the year. So just your thoughts on him getting off the schneid. Yeah, it, it was good to see. And I'm sure even though goal scoring isn't his primary job and it's not really what he's counted on to do with this team. Like he even said after the game, he's like, you know, he mentioned that, but then he's like, but you're a forward. Like you, part of your job is to score goals. So you know, yeah, I'm sure it was weighing going that long without one. It ended up being, including playoffs, it was 72 games without one going all the way back to January 2nd. Um, so, yeah, and you like you could see from the reaction on the bench too. Like ev- everyone knew, everyone felt good for him. You know, get like Bergeron, Montgomery Bergeron after the game talked about how like he does so so many other things. We saw him 
uh, step up after Pasenak got hit by um, why am I blanking on who hit him? Uh, Pasenak hit it was um, Burrows. Yeah, Kyle Burrows, and Nosek jumps in and, and drops the gloves. You know, wasn't much of a fight, but it, you know, just standing up for a teammate. It was Nosek's first fight of his NHL career, so um, yeah, he gets he gets a ton of defensive zone starts, a lot of penalty kill time kind of like the thankless forward job. Um, But all that being said, yeah, part of his job is also to score and produce. And so I'm sure it, it felt great. And you could tell that the whole team was like excited for him. Uh, Montgomery said they were all like yelling his name on the bench. Um, So good for him. Uh, You know, it, the the standing up for for, for Pasenak thing too like that's another thing where it's just like I think guys just love that kind of stuff and you saw you know AJ Gray drop the gloves tonight as well um, especially on the second night of a back to back where Saturday night was kind of like a sleepy night overall for the team and you wonder you know second night of a back to back like do you get off to a slow start again is the energy there. Those are two guys who who made sure it was, and you know, on the fourth line, like that's what you want to see. Yeah, you know, you go to a Bruins game in person, and you can really appreciate the um, the size of, of Thomas Nosek. He's he's a big body out there, and you know he he does he does a great job in the penalty kill. He does a lot of good things well. I know I've been critical of him in the past, but again, there's only like a lot of it was in preseason. I really did think that there were a bunch of guys fighting for jobs in the bottom six. I just thought he was a little complacent in preseason, but if I'm being honest, he's been, he's been great in my opinion since the drop of the opening night puck. Uh, and that that's even before he scored tonight. So he's definitely, a, I think what you call it a, a thankless, thankless position, thankless yeah. role, fourth line center. It can be, it can be, but you know, you look at his size, um, you know, I think the magic number for him is like, you know, if you can do all the, if you can do all the little things well and be a good teammate and be a good penalty killer, um, you know, check well, be good defensively for him, the magic number offensively, like he should just think to himself, you know, 10, can I, can I, can I find a way to score 10 goals this year or, or, you know, seven to 10 goals. You can do that offensively along with all the other little things that you do in that thankless role, like you called it. Um, then, then that's all you can ask for in that position. Uh, and you know, it's that, that's, that's great production from there. Uh, AJ Greer, you mentioned. Yep. Um, you know, as, especially after Vancouver tied the game one-to-one, you could just kind of tell the Bruins were a little bit lethargic, uh, less than 24 hours removed from their last game, considering that tonight was a six o'clock start. That's a quick turnaround with travel and all that stuff. Um, Little, little lethargic, little loosey goosey. Um, but you know, AJ Greer makes you know makes body contact at center ice. Which look, you know me, I'm an old time hockey guy. I wouldn't have been surprised if that was called for like an elbow or something. Or he did look like he got the guy a little high, but it was you know me. I'll I'm happy to see you like let go. But oh, actually, one of the things, Scott, because now I'm going to bring up the AJ Greer fight. Have you noticed? And well, you already brought it up, but. Um, have you noticed this year that the, the referees are letting the guys when they decide to, to square off and fight, they're actually letting them fight. Like you notice the last five or so years, 
the refs get their arms in and try to break up fights in the middle of them. And it's like, it's dangerous because you're tying up one guy and he's becoming defenseless. Yeah. I've noticed this year and I've, I've noticed other referees shove off uh, their, their, their partners and say, Nope, Nope. Let him go. So like, I think when refs are noticing that, okay, this is going to happen. They're letting it happen. Um, and they're, they're a lot better, but when they get in there now, tonight's an example of like, like like the AJ Greer fight, like, like he got he I forget who he fought because it was a Russian last name, but he got him, he got him. Pretty, what was it? Uh, Vasily put Colson. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Try saying that one ten times. Uh so you know he got popped good at the end by AJ Greer, but at least if a guy's gonna get popped, it's better off that they get popped because um, it's just how the fight plays out as opposed to a ref tying him up and. Like, you know, so I remember it happened to Adam McQuaid one time, like it was probably seven, six or probably seven, six or seven years ago, but some guy, McQuaid was fighting some guy and the ref just tied up McQuaid and the, and the guy just teed off on McQuaid because he couldn't defend himself. So uh, sidetrack, though, I just wanted to bring it up because I noticed that in other games around the league too. So kudos to the refs there. Um, but yeah, AJ Greer, 11 games this year, six points. Craig Smith, 10 games, uh, three points. I bring it up because... Uh, AJ Greer entered the lineup tonight after being a healthy scratch for a couple of games and about a total of six days overall, almost about a week since he last played. And he comes in for Craig Smith, who I think struggled in Buffalo. I know the team struggled in Buffalo. Um, Bergeron said it wasn't even their B game. We would all agree with that. And with Craig Smith, it's not, I've, I've never found it to be a lack of effort. It's not a lack of effort with him, but he's just not making smart decisions with the puck on his stick and you can tell he's playing afraid to make mistakes, and it's causing him to make mistakes. He's throwing the puck into, he's throwing the puck into coverage in his own zone, and this and that. Um, and he's just not making things happen out there offensively either. So, so he comes out of the lineup. AJ Gray goes in, and he doesn't score a goal, but he makes his presence known. And again, that's that's what you look to do on nights where you're not producing, right? Yeah, and and especially second night of a back to back, like Greer. Grid did this earlier, one point earlier this year on the second half of back to back too, and you know it's almost like he's going to be like designated energy some energy guy some of these games. Um, yeah, with Smith, it's it's hard to figure out because there was that stretch like I don't know a week and a half ago where it looked like he was starting to get going and was playing a little better, and then he goes quiet again and and. You know, part of it's his role. He's not a fourth liner by nature. He's not used to being that low in minutes, especially where he's not playing on either special teams unit. Like, you know, he can end up going long stretches of time between shifts. So I get that, that there's an adjustment there, but it also kind of speaks to like what Greer can bring in that role where, you know, Greer seems like a guy who is going to bring an energy no matter how many shifts he get, no matter how many, you know how much time it is between shifts. Like, I just think he, he doesn't have, you know, he's not as refined of a player as Craig Smith, obviously. So I get why, you know, Montgomery might look at it and trust Craig Smith more, um, just because he has a history of being a good two-way player. But to your point, like he hasn't, he's even struggled with that at times. Like he's even struggled in his own zone. He's struggled with decision making. So especially a night like this second of a back-to-back like you want career in there and, and that's what he brings like he you know he gets 
steam into it. He gets the crowd into it. Um, I also wanted to bring up with Greer because I saw some of this online. Like people, especially from the Vancouver side, were really critical of him for for not dropping the gloves with Luke Shen, um, who who is a fighter that the kid he fought uh, put Coles in. That was his first NHL fight, and he's you know this is his second season, so it's not like he's been around for a long time. Uh, but he, he had fought. He, I looked on hockey fights, and he had two fights in the KHL on his record. It's not. It's not like he's never fought. Um, but I saw. You know, Luke Shen did try to get Greer to go after that. I'm assuming. You know, he, he wasn't happy that Greer went after a you know a younger kind of more skilled player, or whatever. Um, but Greer literally couldn't fight him. He had a glove. They showed on Ness, and he had a glove on his hand. That obviously he had to wrap, you know, I'm sure he cut it or whatever in the fight with put Coles in. And you literally like aren't allowed, like it's an extra penalty to fight with a glove on or some sort of wrap. Like you, you just can't. Um, and even before Greer went with put Coles in, it looked like, so I saw this as Greer did challenge Shen, like on the shift before, um, Greer kind of went hard to the net, you know, clearly wanted to get right on top of the goalie and, you know, maybe start something. And Luke Shen gave him, you know, a, a good bump after the whistle. And to me, it looked like Greer tried to drop his gloves and Shen didn't just kind of like looked at him. But then I saw online, there were some people saying that they saw it as Greer was backing away from Shen. And so I'm like, that is just not how I saw it, but I guess it's possible I misinterpreted there. But to me, that looked like Greer wanted to go with, with Shen that first time, even before he fought, put Coles in and Shen didn't. And then I think Shen after the fact was like, okay, so you got, you beat up our young guy. Like now, now go with me. Like now I'm ready type thing. And Greer couldn't because of the glove. Yeah, no, I uh, I actually thought that the 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 kid that Greer fought actually he he his form didn't look too bad as far as throwing punches. I mean, obviously there wasn't much defense in that yeah. fight, but he, he was yeah that they're both swinging a swinging yeah. a bit wildly. There, like, he almost he almost knocked out Greer honestly. Like yeah. if, if he connected on on one of those wild swings, I mean, it could have gone the other way around. But uh, yeah, the scrum with with um with Luke Shen um. I thought they were both kind of willing. It just didn't happen. I didn't really see either guy backing off from that. I, I don't know if the ref got in the middle or if they just – I don't really know. But, uh, you know, I Luke, Luke, Luke Shen's a pretty tough customer. So um, I think I think Greer may have been swinging above his weight class there because um, I don't really see a ton of defense when he fights. But uh, in any event, um, definitely provided some energy. Um, the other issue with – uh, Craig Smith, as far as him getting into the lineup, is you know, Pablo Zaka's got nine points, scored again tonight, looking more and more comfortable in a Bruins uniform. Uh, Felino's got seven, Coyle's got eight, Frederick, I think, has like five or six, but he even he's like bringing his skating game and he's finishing checks. And so it's just a it's it's a cluster right there in that, in that, in that bottom six. And uh, I think it's it's gonna be a tough decision for the Bruins because I think Craig Smith is one of the most likable. And, and, and well-received players in that locker room. I think he's um, 
I think he's one of the funnier guys in the room. If you listen, if you kind of listen to other guys talk about him in the past. So I think that if the, if the time comes where the Bruins move on from him, um, I'm sure it'll be kind of tough for the room to, to swallow for a little bit, but uh, I, mean, I don't want to speculate on what may or may not happen, but just kind of reading the tea leaves here. It, he might be an odd man out at some point, uh, but we'll have to see. Um, Scott, yeah, as far on, as, yeah, sorry, on, on being an odd man out, like it's, they have more bodies on defense, which is why, you know, obviously the name you're going to hear the most is Mike Riley. And especially because he's not even in Boston right now, he's down in Providence. Um, but part of it also has to be like, what can you get? Or like, who does another team actually want? Because if look, Mike Riley has been on waivers twice and no one's claimed him, which means no one's taking on his full contract. So the Bruins have to throw something in. Uh, they can't really retain money because that's the issue in the first place. They have to get rid of $3 million. Um, so you have to throw in, you know, a, a pick or a prospect. And if teams look at you and go, well, we don't, we don't really want Riley. We don't want that contract. So it's going to be a high pick or a high prospect. Um, you know, maybe Craig Smith is more appealing. Maybe like maybe he's easier to move. Uh, I think I believe Smith's in the final year of his deal, right? So that's that's easier to take on. And you know, maybe another team sees value in that. You know, a, a veteran, uh, a guy who's you know had a, a history as a solid middle six forward. Like you don't know. Again, part of what the Bruins have to figure out here before Forbert returns is. What what are you gonna have to give up to move one of these guys? Or I don't think they can get anything back for for any of them. So it's not, you know, you're not trading one of them for prospects or a draft pick. I think you're almost certainly giving something up. But it's what is that? Because you know, like you don't want to be attaching a first round pick to Mike Riley just to dump a contract. Like that's that's tough. Like that's a really tough pill to swallow if you're giving up a high pick or you know, got or like a high ranked prospect. So, but it, if that's like, if that's all you can do with Riley, then, and you can do something more affordable, easier to swallow with Smith, then yeah, he very much could be uh, the guy who eventually ends up getting traded. Uh, 